0: Hello listeners, and welcome to the Montel Pod Extra, bringing you the latest energy developments in these extraordinary COVID-19 times. Joining me, Richard Sverson today is Tina Salfed, analyst at Nordea Bank. Welcome to you, Tina.
1: Thank you very much.
0: I'd just like to start you know, by asking, how, how are you coping in these uh, in these extraordinary, these, these very unprecedented times?
1: Well, I'm working from home and it's a big change because usually I go around meeting clients, go to seminars, uh, hold presentations. Mm. So it's basically a turnaround of what I'm um, used to do. So sitting at home working from the computer is something I'm not really used to, but I'm Getting in there now,
0: okay, I've talked about this with other guests, but I'm sure potentially uh, when all this craziness is over that uh, you know change some some working practices but uh, let me let me start off, Tina, by asking you about the oil prices we've seen they've come down sharply what's going on here?
1: Well, the oil market has hit from at least two sides, and first of all it's the coronavirus, which has a major impact on the oil demand. I've seen uh, latest updates today that some analysts expect oil could fall as much as between four and five million barrels per day in 2020, maybe around uh, seven to 10 million uh, in March, April. So it's enormous impact on, on the market. And of course, it started in China. China was one of the biggest importers of oil in the world. Although we're starting to see that China is, uh, you know, letting some of these restrictions open again, we expect more oil to go there. But then we see other parts of the world closing down, such as Europe and then and then the U.S. And we're soon as well moving into the uh, driving season in the U.S. So it will have a big impact on the oil market. And, of course, we're seeing flights. There's hardly any flights going around, some for transport. But, you know, um, personal uh, transport, uh, it's almost stopped completely. So there has a big impact, on, on the uh, especially on the transportation sides, which accounts in total for 60% of oil demand.
0: Right. But the market doesn't seem to be very convinced by these stimulus packages either, because it's, uh, I see today prices were down a bit. Do you think uh, these stimulus packages will be enough to trigger demand response or?
1: At the moment, I don't think it's enough because we don't. And I think also the problem is that we don't know where this will end and that of course in itself depends on the stimulus packages how the different countries uh, actually are you know looking into this challenge we have with the coronavirus i've seen different policies here as well some countries um, more open, Uh, you know, schools are open, shops are open, and they will let the the virus, you know, continue and so they have less restrictions so that people can um, build antibodies towards the virus. But other countries are much more closed down. So I think it will depend on how the different policies are um, implemented and how effectful they are. And we don't know. We don't know this virus. We don't know how long this will take. We don't know where we have a vaccine coming as well. So that is a big uh, challenge. But, of course, the oil market is challenged from the supply side as well with this price war between, first of all, OPEC and Russia, now Saudi and Russia. And we know that Saudi has at least said that it will increase their production from the start of April. And they said that, you know, we could push production up by 2.6 million barrels per day. That is a lot when you're seeing that oil demand is falling as it is at the moment. So you have, uh, you know, a double whammy here. And also, it will be more difficult, I think, to attract capital in the future because, uh, first of all, this is the second big price fall, oil price fall within the last 10 years. You have first the uh, oil crisis in 2014. Now you have this. What should really the investors think? You know, that you have the climate problem coming at the top of the agenda, then the virus will be more under control again. And uh, investors are starting, you know, to turn their back to to fossil fuels. So you have uh, different challenges here for the market, short term, the corona. And in the longer term, you have the price war and then, of course, a change in energy policy.
0: I mean, we can return to maybe some of the issues about, you know, potentially the move towards decarbonisation and what oil companies are doing um, on the back of, you know, given this context of massive oversupply, falling demand and very low prices. But I just wanted to ask you, uh, Tina, what uh, will it take to get Russia and OPEC back to talk to each other again, back to the table and, and try, do you expect this to happen or, or is this, you know, unlikely?
1: I think that would be very difficult. And the reason why is that because uh, in 2016, when they got this deal done at the end of 2016, some of the Russian companies were already then against uh, these kind of deals. And the reason for that is that, uh, you know, when the Russians, uh, Russian oil producers have to cut to push the prices higher, the higher prices trigger the American shale producers to increase their production. So they have had an enormous growth in their production. And the Russians are, are starting to get tired of supporting, you know, the increase in production from the U.S. Why should they do that in a way? So I think it will be difficult. And then you have uh, also seen that there's been some kind of uh, dialogue between uh, Saudi Arabia and uh, the U.S. to see if they can find some kind of uh, production agreement. But, you know, in a way, it's... um, Quite difficult to see that happen as well. Some of the largest uh, shale producers in the U.S. have said that we're not really interested in that. We want to free market to, to decide. And then the U.S. also have uh, laws against this kind of price cooperation. So uh, how they will manage to do that. So I think it will be difficult to do that.
0: So there'll be a, a rocky few months ahead then, in, in other words.
1: Yes, it will be we have seen that already that you know the oil companies small and the large ones are starting to cut their investments starting to postpone uh, new drilling activity uh, you're seeing that they're cutting cost where they can and it will be interesting to see also what they do with the dividend policy if they're Absolutely. going to start changing that one as well i think it will be more difficult and we see yeah Faster, let's say, adjustment in the market this time, especially in the US with the shale producers, because this time investors and financial institutions like the banks uh, will be more skeptical to support this industry since they have had some of these companies have had bad liquidity before this happened. And since the outlook for the oil industry as such is much more. Uh, uncertain now than it was in 2014.
0: If we can stick with uh, the oil companies, a lot of these are looking into investing in renewables and being part of the kind of green transition. How do you see that panning out, Tina? I mean, surely, as you mentioned, there's liquidity issues, there's cash flow issues.
1: Of course, the oil companies are important to get the green shift going. And of course, they have knowledge, they have technology that could be useful for the renewable industry as well. And of course, they have said that they want to be drivers of this, uh, at least some of the European companies have said that they want to drive this shift as well, because they have uh, cash to lean on to be able to develop the technology. Of course, that could be more difficult uh, in the future. To see the big oil companies role in the future um, green shift, at least for this year, uh, because they have to, in a way, cut costs everywhere. But then again, I think this gives them another you know, reminder that this green shift will continue after this as well, because uh, I think that now with the low interest area we're going into, that actually promotes capital intensive industries such as the green industries. When we're moving out of this worst part of the corona impact on the, the world economy, we will soon turn the ice back on the climate uh, issues because mm. 2020 should be the big climate year with the uh, the meeting in Glasgow mm. in November. It, that might be postponed and maybe it should be to get the right attention that, that this meeting deserves. Uh, but I think, you know, with the sharp falling cost of uh, producing solar power, wind power, battery technology and now the more uncertain even more uncertain outlook for the oil and gas sector it might be that you know the oil and gas companies who want to turn into to energy companies in the future get an extra push actually to to look more and faster into the renewable section
0: one would also or could assume that lower oil prices would make renewables less competitive. But you're saying it may actually, you know, as this green shift is coming, that uh, an answer, an outlook for fossil fuels was, will push this company more to the to the renewables. That's, that's very interesting.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, we, we have another challenge now, because usually when, when you see oil prices drop as much as they do, that should be a trigger to buy more. Mm. I mean, increased demand, like we saw in 2014, you saw a, a huge shift or uh, in, for example, petrol demand. But this time, I'm not that sure, because you have the coronavirus, uh, you know, you won't be able to treat transport in the same way you did last time. I think even though the coronavirus will be more controlled and you will find uh, ways to deal with it or vaccines after a while, I still think, you know, that the lower prices will not have the same impact on the demand as we saw last time. So in that way, it's very difficult, actually, to, to for the oil companies at the moment because they're hit from both sides. Mm. You know, during the financial crisis, they were hit by a, a demand effect in 2014 in the oil crisis. There was a supply effect. Now it's based the supply and demand at the same time, which makes it very difficult.
0: Absolutely. Tina, I'm sure we'll return to these topics once we come back to some kind of sense of, of, of normality. So thank you very much for being a, a guest on the Montel special podcast. Thank you well listeners that's all for today Uh, remember to tune in every day at five o'clock cet on covid19.montelnews.com via the montel website and on apple Podcasts and spotify please remember to tune into the montel weekly as well every friday where we'll be bringing you all the relevant energy market news and updates thank you bye